Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, September 5th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, uh, what you having yeah. for dinner? <laughs> so rude. Not chicken. Not I mean, chicken. not grilled chicken. Not, not grilled chicken. Not any chicken. Especially so not from a, Seamless. Uh, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Seamless hates me. I didn't I know that they help. could do that. Like, I didn't realize they actually ever canceled orders. Yeah. Like, they only do it again to trick me and to make my life more difficult when I'm craving very specific food items. Let's be honest, you probably deserve it. Yeah, probably. I mean, what else is new? I lost the other Hercules lottery. Uh, didn't get my seamless order. It's been it's been a day of me losing things. It happens. It happens. It happens. Well, all right. Well, let's um let's get into something that you hopefully won't lose and mm. that is today's news. Let's start at the top, Ashley. First up is the first round of principal casting for the New York City Center Gala production of Evita. And the leading the company will be Soleil Pfeiffer as the adult Ava. Now, remember, this show and this production directed by Sammy Knold will have a young Ava who will play the part from ages of 15 through 20 or from the opening of the show through when Ava finally gets to Buenos Aires. And that is Argentinian actress and recording artist Maya Rafico. Also in the company will be Enrique Acevedo as Juan Perón and Philip Hernandez as Augustine Magaldi. The rest of the cast, including the production's Shay, will be announced at a later date. Now, Ashley, I know that Soleil is great. People have loved her and everything she's done, including Songs for a New World, yeah. which she did at Off Center at City Center last year. Yeah. But I know that she is not the production's first choice and probably not even the second or third. Um, mm. But hopefully she'll be good. But it is a little bit interesting because she is going, you know, this production is running from November 13th through the 24th. But Soleil is going to be in San Diego doing Almost Famous from September 13th through October 27th. They've already uh, announced one yeah, extension. Okay. So if they do decide to take a little bit more time at the globe at the old globe and extend again would they have to do it with somebody else playing penny lane i, I, so. I do yeah. yeah i don't know i mean evita is not a show i think like you can put up in a few days um especially not in that part and even <laughs> though they do have a younger ava that's only like two songs or something it's not that, mm. really that much um they better again, keep extending it until the young Ava grows up, I guess. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it, it's a little time consuming, especially mm -hmm. because I think that I think that people want this production to transfer. Yeah. At least that was the idea. Um, I don't know if they since they weren't able to get a star for Ava, if that's still the case. Perhaps they have end up having a big star to play Shay. And I, I think I've said this before. Any time that you make Shay just a common man and not an avatar for Shade Guevara, you lose the intent of yeah, the piece and you yeah. lose the political nature of the piece. So please, Sammy, if you're listening, don't make that mistake. Um, but anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, mm -hmm. I've never seen Soleil uh, in a show, so I've heard she's great. So hopefully uh, this is as fantastic as everyone wants it to be. Uh, you know, I you know my feelings about Vita, and I I agree with that. And I actually like this casting. I, as you said, it's not their first choice or second choice, but it's at least 
you know, a little bit less whitewashed than Avita tends to be. So if nothing else, this seems to be an interesting production. I like I was reading some of the production notes earlier as far as some of the choices they intend to make. So yeah, I'll be there in some form. <laughs> yeah, I've already got tickets, so yeah, I, I will definitely be I there. I don't doubt it. All right, Ashley, I'm going to get to two. I mean, I put this as recommendations in the script. One is certainly recommendations. And, and another one is an article that ticked me off and got me into an online spat. Oh, boy. With a certain New York Times writer yesterday. Oh, boy. So uh, we'll get to that one. But first up is a new article from the website Book Forum in which uh, the great Natalie Walker um, writes a, an essay on how much she loves uh, Elaine Stritch. And talks about the book by Alexander Jacobs, still here, The Madcap Nervy Singular Life of Elaine Stritch. Um, we talk about Natalie semi-regularly here, uh, even though, um, you know, she doesn't, she's not a huge star, but we still love her. Uh, so this is a great article. Check that out. But then the article that got under my skin yesterday just a little bit was from one Ben Brantley. And Ben's not the one I got into a fight with on Twitter, believe it or not. The I, title of the I article. Extremely the, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, is he online? I don't know if he's online. But anyway, um, it's the fall preview from the New York Times looking at the fall theater season and specifically on Broadway. The headline of the article is, What's Broadway Got to Do With It? More Pop Musicals. Now, I got into a fight with another New York Times writer who regularly covers theater but also covers politics. That's Sopan Deb. In Sopan's tweet about this article, he leads with a quote that says, and this is not from the article, this is not from Brantley's article, this is just him saying this, I think, film, TV, and theater are all becoming places where original ideas are a thing of the past. We are heading towards the only musicals making it to Broadway being Marvel properties. This, I've, I've talked about how much this thinking pisses me off before because it is so completely untrue, mm. and it's disappointing for someone like Sopan who I know sees a lot of theater, has access to all the great theater in New York, and yet still says these tired tropes, right. uh, these lazy things like this. That's absolutely not true. So I kind of went off a little bit. Um, you know, I said things like, if you think theater isn't creating new exciting stories, that's on you. That's not theater's fault. You can't expect the things in the most commercial houses of theater in the world to not be commercial properties. That is what Broadway is for. There are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of theaters in New York that do much less commercial, much more artistic properties. And yes, that might mean you have to put a little bit of legwork into finding them. It means you might have to take a little bit of a risk in maybe seeing something that's weird or outside your comfort zone. And you do have to get a little sure. bit of luck, get a bit lucky to identify things before they sell out. But that's what being a theater fan in New York is about. If you're going to continue to complain about the fact that all you're seeing on Broadway are jukebox musicals or things adapted from movies, a, go see something else. Right. And B, go to, go to off-Broadway. Right. And But then don't tell me about how back in the day, back in the golden age, all the best shows were original properties because they weren't. Yeah, I went through a exactly. list just off the top of my head. My Fair Lady, based on IP. Oklahoma, IP. Sound of Music, based off history. South Pacific, based on IP. Sweeney Todd, based on IP. Fiddler of the Roof, based on IP. Uh, West Side Story, based on IP. King and I, history and IP. Gypsy, history and IP. Guys and Dolls, IP. This is how Broadway has always worked. It's always been based on something. So when people in the New York Times continue to 
tell us that Broadway is lazy and it, it's it's becoming so commercialized and no one has original ideas. They never people have are, original ideas. Yeah, people are ignoring history for sure. Right. And, and then the pop, the, 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 the jukebox pop shows, literally before the evolution of the integrated musical with, you know, Oscar Hammerstein II and Showboat and Oklahoma. That's, Every show was built around popular was. music, exactly. and there was no narrative story. It's actually more evolved than Broadway originally was, because there is actually a narrative story as Wikipedia entry form as it might be. So, right. All right. Sorry. My Sopan, my <laughs> anger at Sopan got a little carried away, but sorry to get, you know, on a rant. No, I think it's very fair, and it's all about what you do with the material. None of it's ever... 100% siphoned from the original material and you still have to adapt it in some way I think a lot of people complain and myself included to an extent about movie musicals being adapted but other ones are coming from books and no one has a problem with that so I guess where is the line for some people what content do you siphon from and you know what makes that okay in your eyes what makes it okay in my eyes is if you do a good job with exactly, it. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Know? Like, I don't think anybody has any problem with Hairspray, which is based right. on a movie. I don't think anyone has a problem with Little Shop of Horrors, which was based on a movie. Yeah. You know, there, people have problems with things like, I mean, no offense to any Pretty Woman fans out there, but things like Pretty Woman, which mm -hmm. just seem like they just slapped something up there with a score that didn't really work. Right, exactly. You know, if you do it well, anything can become a quality musical look at freaking sweeney todd mm -hmm. based off of a a penny dreadful serial not novel but story that was you know about a guy killing his clients and someone baking them into pies that is a beloved musical now anything works if you do it well so stop giving me all this crap about jukebox musicals and movie <laughs> to musical adaptations if they do it well, it'll be good. Matt Tamanini has some passions to explain. Uh, it's just so lazy. It's just, and it discounts all of the great people who are making incredibly artistic That's and like, truthful yeah. stuff off Broadway. Like, go see um, A Strange Loop. Go see mm -hmm. Octet. Go see um, Rags Parkland Sings the Songs of the Future. Go yes. see those shows. And, and I'm just sticking with musicals, obviously, because we're yeah. talking about. But there's so many oh, great plays, too. Oh, we could go on for too. days. Yeah. Right. It's just like get out of the bubble i understand that broadway is the thing that that generates clicks so you want to get the clicks on this right. but broadway and, and hardly if you're gonna yeah. complain about things i mean as a an arts journalist theater is not the easiest thing to sell so you know no reach just, out yeah. reach reach out Get outside the uh, the Midtown bubble, or not really, because there's still really good off Broadway Midtown theaters. So yeah, just, absolutely. You know, go, have some guts, go see, go see, go see Make Believe right now. That's my promotion yeah. for the evening. Oh, have you seen it already? Oh my god, it's incredible. Okay, good. Well, we had that interview with uh, with playwright Bess Wall with uh, Jan Simpson on yes. Saturday, so listen to that. But yeah. all right, let's get through the rest of this before I go off on. I don't know Michael Paulson or Jesse Green or somebody <laughs> that, else. Uh, that, that's for me. That's that's okay. the that's the after dark uh, episode. <laughs> I, the bonus I, I really material. I really like Michael Paulson. My my yeah, my feelings exactly. for their critics are a little different, but uh, I like Paulson. But yeah, anyway, sure. okay. All right, <laughs> All right Ashley, let's finish off the show with some news. First, this news seems so incredibly obvious, but it is still a little bit surprising to me, and that is that the completely sold-out off-Broadway run of Little Shop of Horrors has extended eight more weeks, now running through January 19th. 
at the West Side Theater. Performances begin on September 17th. The show was originally scheduled to close the week before Thanksgiving, so having two extra months uh, over the holidays makes sense. Now, obviously, obviously, Ashley, this seems obvious because, duh, it's sold out, but yeah. with stars like Jonathan Groff and Christian Borle, I wasn't sure that they would want to extend yeah. through the holidays, or if they could. Maybe they had some sort of shooting thing. Um, they did not indicate that they would be recasting or even if Gideon Glick would be taking over for Jonathan Groff. Yeah, it didn't so seem I'm like assuming that. that Groff and Borel are sticking with it. Um, I'm a little bit surprised, but I'm glad they did it. Uh, likewise, for both you know personal and professional reasons, as we've talked about the last couple days of yeah. my friends losing their ticket. Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, Jonathan Groff has some time off between doing more Mindhunter and he's got the time to continue this run i hope so though i would like to see both him and gideon so hopefully you know either get tickets in that run or gideon has some time around the holidays that jonathan doesn't and i'd like to see maybe some other people step in as well yeah i think um i would i would not be surprised if they end up after this extension Mm -hmm. in mid-january if they extend again and maybe gideon comes in then this Mm. i think this has a very similar setup to the sweeney todd uh that ran with barrow street a few years ago where they might be able to continue to uh to extend it Uh, that sweeney todd is probably one of my favorite productions ever so if they're able to replicate that uh, i'm super excited about that absolutely Okay, moving on to other news. Yesterday, the national tour of Hello, Dolly! announced a complete cast for the second year of their tour. We already knew that they had the incredible Carolee Carmelo putting on the red dress of Dolly Gallagher Levi, but she will be joined by John Bolton as Horace Vandergelder, Daniel Beeman as Cornelius, Sean Burns as Barnaby, and Chelsea Cree Groen as Minnie Faye, and Annalisa Leeming will be continuing from the tour's first year as Irene Malloy. And finally, Ashley, Freestyle Love Supreme announced their lottery policy and the official special guests. The lottery will run the day before the performance, and winners can purchase two $35 tickets. And as for the special guests, they are the ones that we expected, but it's still good to know officially that group of occasional drop-ins will be Christopher Jackson, James Monroe Iglehart, Wayne Brady, David Diggs, and the one and only Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that they're going to have to keep who's showing up when a little bit of a secret because yeah. things could get nutty yeah. um, when Lynn shows up or Wayne Brady shows up for that matter. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Anyone in the Hamilton, original Hamilton cast for that matter. But this is going to be such a big ticket draw, especially if they decide they're going to keep, you know, who's going to perform when a secret because then you have, well, we didn't get to see who we wanted to see. We'll have to buy tickets again. Yeah, and I wonder if they're going to have somebody every day. Like, is, is one of them going to be there every yeah, performance? Sure. Or will it be, like, one a week or just kind of random? Who knows? Um, but I do think it's interesting that Wayne Brady is on this list. The other four, Chris, James, David, and Lynn, are mm-hmm. all actual long-term members of Freestyle Love Supreme. Right. Wayne Brady, not, although he is a member of the Hamilton family. He right. played Burr in Chicago, and he obviously has plenty of musical improv experience yes. you know including the whose line is it anyway days but i think that's really interesting that somebody who's not a long-term member of fls uh is joining it which i think is awesome and mm-hmm. wayne brady has said if it wasn't for his daughter being in la he would just move to new york and do theater all the time oh, which hopefully great. by the time she moved you know she goes on to college 
maybe he'll end up doing that because I've only heard great things about him, not only as a performer mm-hmm. on Broadway, yeah, but also as a person. Likewise. All right, Ashley, that's all we've got for today. So everybody, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no, this is Ashley. All right, that'll be the end of the week for me. Ashley mm. and James will be back on Friday to take you into... Uh, the weekend, Ashley. I, I know you don't like Avita, but I'm going to go see a production of Avita. I know. Anyway, I know you're all about Avita this week. I, it do, seems. I do enjoy Avita. I know. I know it's ALW and that's sacrilege <laughs> to you, but between Avita and it's Jesus not Christ Starlight Superstar Express. And, so there's although there's I would see the hell out of a production of Starlight I, Express I just would because. Too. I just would because. too. They should make a movie of that next. <laughs> Maybe Ryan Murphy can do a 10-part documentary. Ooh, love it. Or uh, Richard Linkletter could do it over 20 years. <laughs> as, long as, we get Jane, as long as we get Jane Krakowski back in it. Uh, please. <laughs> Free her. <laughs>